Hello, and welcome to the Cannabis Corner. I am your host, Joshua Braff, and I'm here with my partner, Farmer Adam Teitelbaum. Today, we are going to talk to Chris Emerson, who is a scientist and has a company called Level out of San Francisco. I'm going to read a little bit from the website. Within the cannabis industry, people are now very interested in how to have greater control over their cannabis experience while at the same time creating a specific desired result. Due to this, one of the hottest words being thrown around is how to create the right effect. When I say effect, it means what effect will cannabis product ultimately have on you? Will it make you feel euphoric, creative, giggly, energetic, or perhaps make you want to slip into the crevice of the couch? Knowing what might happen to you after ingesting cannabis is, well, kind of important. In the past, it has always been less than predictable. The effects trend started early in 2016 and over time has grown and grown. And with some success, depending on the company and product uh, we might be talking about, some companies seem more able to deliver on this promise more than others. And to some, it's just a marketing strategy. In many ways, the effects trend signals the maturation of the industry and the realization that to grow products need consistency and reliability. So glad to have you with us, Chris Emerson. Looking forward to seeing how your career had you end up in San Francisco and being the co-founder of Level. Uh, welcome, and uh, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, uh, thank you, Josh and Adam, for the opportunity to be here. I really appreciate it. Sure. Uh, yeah, so I am a co-founder and chief scientist at Level, which is a, uh, a cannabis company here in San Francisco that has the thesis of effects-based cannabis. Background on me, how I got here. So I've always been fascinated with plant medicine and human physiology, but um, I have been obsessed with chemistry and molecules. And so I went to graduate school. I got a PhD in small molecule chemistry. The whole time I was doing this, I was conflicted because I didn't want to go work for Big Pharma and I wasn't interested in academics, but I had this obsession for molecules. I ended up doing a postdoc at Stanford in uh, joint molecular biology and organic chemistry. But about halfway through my postdoc, I, I couldn't deal with the academic environment anymore or anything of that nature. So I ended up quitting my postdoc and serendipitously ending up on a cannabis farm in Mendocino Okay, for about four months. And that experience completely um, set me on this path. I was inspired by the plant in a way that I had never been before, even though I had been very familiar with it. Um, I was able to synthesize what this plant could do with my own understanding of what's happening at the molecular level, essentially, with humans. And so I saw also at this point, this was six years ago, that there was an incredible need for standardized medicine and people coming into the cannabis industry that could create products of great medicinal value that could really have a positive impact on human health. When you say that you were sort of obsessed with molecules, how did that occur? Is it sort of an innate scientific interest? I mean, you're a young kid and you and then you get into it and ultimately you end up at on a cannabis farm. Is there a connection there? I, there is. I it was a long circuitous path for me to get there. I hated school when I was younger and I but I loved chemistry, but I I didn't connect with it quite enough. Joined the military when I was 17. I was a Chinese linguist in the Navy for four years. I got done with that. Still didn't know what I wanted to do. For five or six years, I was doing other things. I ended up going to Burning Man when I was 25. And that really set me on this path of discovering this obsession I had for for molecules. You had a good experience with cannabis there? Is that true? No, just Not, a no. great experience of life. And, oh, I and, see. And seeing that there were a lot of different possibilities out there. I see. So it was in your witnessing of of the environment at Burning Man as opposed to your own, what was going on in your own? De definitely. Yeah. You know, it's definitely a breaking open the head kind of thing, you know, and just like picking up the pieces of what you thought life could or should be and and resynthesizing them to a path you wanted to embark on. 
So you're in Mendocino, is that right? Yes, yeah, so you said. I'm sorry. Yes, you're in Mendocino on this farm, and then what? And then what happens from there? So uh, in Mendocino, and my wife and I, one of the reasons we ended up there was we we had just moved to San Francisco six months before, and we needed enough money to pay rent, and so this opportunity. Uh, presented itself. So when we got done with the farm, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and figure out how I build a cannabis company. I was really interested in sublingual sprays, right? So these are sprays that are formulated that can be dosed very accurately and you apply in the mouth or under the tongue for a very quick onset and you can form have really good medicinal products this way. Unfortunately, so I was doing all this um, at the time in my kitchen, which a lot of cannabis people in San Francisco end up doing, right? Spaces at a premium. Uh, but what I found quickly was most of the dispensaries weren't interested in the products I was making. Um, they wanted flour or burgeoning other concentrates. And Tell us this, the year. Uh, so this is 2012. Okay, 2012. The, there wasn't a whole lot of interest in not, not yet, no. And, 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 you know, it was just me. So how do you market and brand and start building a cannabis company? And all the time I was working... I would work days as the chief chemist at a biotech in South City, and then at night and weekends, I was working on cannabis. No work on cannabis being done at the lab that you were working at no, at that no. time? Right. No, not at all. Got it. So, um, okay. Yeah, so I actually had two different companies I tried to form, um, once by myself and then once with another partner that ended up going nowhere. And then uh, over t two and a half years ago is when I met my current um, co-founder. And it was just, it was a good, really, really good fit. In that you were both going to wear hats that pushed this to, uh, or or perhaps the environment itself was more welcoming, maybe a combination. It, it was both, yeah. The market had matured a lot more, um, and my co-founder had a lot of the skill set and abilities that, that I didn't have. So it was the support that I needed to really run with this. It started to make sense, mm -hmm. and you had lived and learned a bit. A lot. Yeah, right. And so did things start happening quickly, or...? Pretty quickly. So um, he's an engineer by training. I'm a scientist. We've we've built. So we put a lot of in, money into infrastructure and building great products. Mm -hmm. And what lagged was sales and now marketing. And so it's it's kind of this leapfrogging place we're at with the company as we're we're navigating the industry as it's as it's building. And boy, are you seeing a change in the environment? There are conventions. Uh, <laughs> that have popped up and there's billboards and uh, Adam and I were saying the other day when we saw an ad for a uh, kind of a cannabis cup thing on the side of a bus that in 08 what it would have looked like if we looked at each other and said can you imagine someday an ad for cannabis on the side of a bus and then you know there's this tangible it happened it's happening and so it's exciting to read about a company like yours in which the evolution of your products is considering what people want most and it seems as though your company pays great attention to dosing and effect and can you speak to that a bit? Yes, definitely. So, you know, most people when they consider cannabis, especially if they're a non-traditional user, right? So people who use cannabis in California through Prop 215, they have a medical card, they get it in some way, it resonates with them. But for everybody else, they think of cannabis. I tried it in college. Uh, it made me paranoid, tired, or hungry, okay. right? So they think of all the ill effects typically. Right. And they also think, well, cannabis, you just get high from it. But that's not what cannabis is. There's there's 65 plus different cannabinoids that the plant produces. There's terpenoids, there's flavonoids. There's a whole host 
of amazing molecules that come together when you use cannabis. And it's this polypharmacy that cannabis brings to people. And so the thesis of our company in effects space is, yes, we can make great products and we can give you a really good time. You can get high and you can use that. But cannabis is so much more. So we really only know about THC and CBD for the most part, because this is what's been studied for so long. But with all these other cannabinoids that we're now able to access, we can start tuning into different mood states, if you will. You can have psychoactivity if you want, or you don't have to have psychoactivity, but you can treat a lot of different either pathologies or mood states. Are you bored? Are you depressed? Do you have anxiety? Can you not sleep? That encompasses the, the effects base of it, that we can take cannabinoids and re-blend them in unique ways that the plant isn't quite able to do, and then we can also give them to you in the proper dosing. Love that. All right, you're on, Titlebaum. This is all really fascinating, and... Uh... I hope that my son Johnny is listening to this episode because he's a biochemistry major at CU, and uh, my wife and I are secretly hoping that he finds an interest in the cannabis industry as a scientist. But are you doing things then with uh, isolating specific cannabinoids like CBG, you know, THCA, uh, CBD? Are, are you do your products mirror those things? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Adam. So we have a new product line coming out. Our first product lines were vape cartridges. We had a, an homage to classic cannabis. These are heavy Delta 9 sativa to indica. And then we also have a CBD line where we blend CBD and THC to get to specific ratios um, for treating different types of either mood states or um, pathologies. How many well, different ratios that are, are you offering? We have three different CBD cartridges um, with a fourth one coming out. Uh, we have a one to two, which is really nice. It has uh, sativa terpenes reblended in, so it keeps you engaged. But the CBD helps to mitigate some of the psychoactivity or potential negative effects of the THC for people. We have a one to one and we also have a three to one. Those have been on the market now for about a year and a half. And we have an 11 to one that's coming out very soon. Now, are you using specific strains? Yes, we are. So we are very passionate about cannabis and also what people put in their body because we care what we put into our body. So the only thing we use in any of our formulations for the vape cartridges have been derived from cannabis. We essentially take the plant, we break it apart into its different constituents, and then we re-blend them. So are, are you growing Are you growing your own or are you purchasing the flower from growers? So we have different vendors where we purchase crude extract. And then for the vaporized cartridges, we bring that extract in-house and we process and refine it through distillation. And then we can re-blend it. Um, okay. The, yeah. And then the, the terpenes are all steam distilled from plant material. So we have vendors that provide us that. And then we also do in-house um, distillation of terpenes as well. So are you are you seeking out then certain strains or are you taking what indicas or sativas come your way? Are you able to, you know, get specific strains or do, is that not as important to you? No, it's it is very important. We we wanted to standardize this natural product as much as possible. And so the blends that we have out on the market, we use the same strains that we can continually source from vendors. So um, we have a, a really nice Jack Herrera for Sativa that we use. We use Blue Dream for our hybrid. Right now we have a UK cheese we're using for our Indica. And then we do special collaborations as well with um, different cultivators. Um, right now we have a pretty amazing cherry cheesecake from a local cultivator here in San Francisco, Gold Seal. So we have a collaboration with them as well. That sounds so interesting. I, I did want to circle back real quick, Adam, because your initial question was, um, do we isolate and use single cannabinoids? And yes. 
um, outside of the vape cartridge line, in the next six weeks, we're launching sublingual tablets. These are three milligram active cannabinoid tablets that dissolve under your tongue in 60 seconds. And we have six different cannabinoids coming out, THCA, THC, CBD, CBG, Delta-8. These are meant as a toolkit for people, especially as we come into full regulation starting in January in California. There's going to be a lot of non-traditional users who come in. And we don't want them to have an adverse event when they're trying to explore cannabis. And so this dosing at three milligrams allows them to really start playing with different cannabinoids in different ways. It's like, hey, you know what is really good for pain is a THCA and a CBD. Or I have anxiety. CBG works really well for anxiety, we're finding. And so it gives them the power to work with their own endocannabinoid system. And then also so they can build confidence in their ability to use cannabis and use it for different mood states. I, I love it. I'm almost picturing it in this like toolbox, you know, like because it is like a cannabis uh, cannabinoid uh, toolbox. And uh, especially, I think, for beginners, Josh and I had spoken about this, I think, maybe on maybe the episode, Josh, about over overeating mm-hmm. edibles. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to be able to get something as low as three milligrams and then, you know, you want more, well, you take more. Or if you want a CBG and a CBD and a THC, then you take that. I think I think it's so cool. Are you uh, planning any expansion outside of California by chance? Not currently. Uh, we're, a, we're a really lean and scrappy a small business startup. And the way we see it, California is the place we need to focus on because we know if we can do really well here in a few years, a uh, state-by-state strategy or when federal prohibition is repealed, then we can look at a national strategy. And we'll have more with our interview with Chris Emerson of Level in a future episode of The Cannabis Corner. PAX, capital P-A-X, redefining smoking for the modern generation. PAX provides a cleaner, more flavorful alternative to the smoking experience using vaporization by heating rather than burning, thereby releasing active ingredients and natural oils into a subtle vapor. Check out our line of products, the PAX 3, PAX 2, and PAX Era. PAX, delivering a radical new approach to experience concentrates and dry herbs. And now more with our interview with Ruby La Grandeur of La Grandeur, which is the champagne of cannabis beverages. Using premium cannabis extract and high-quality ingredients, La Grandeur allows both the novice and connoisseur to enjoy an elevated adult beverage in an easy-to-understand single-serving bottle. We were discussing flavors when we last left off. You said cranberry was... A, it, it was a good match for THC. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that and how, and do you think about going with new flavors? You know, from a marketing perspective, wouldn't it be great <laughs> to have a few colors on the, on the page? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, that was a big business decision internally was do we, do we release with three to five flavors, which mm. is sort of the traditional go to market um, strategy for beverage companies, or do we do one really well? Yeah. When you say traditional for beverage companies, that's outside of the cannabis space, right? Correct. Yes. Because I see in the cannabis space a lot coming in with, you know, one one product, and it seems maybe more common in cannabis, the cannabis beverage space, to to do that. Is that right? 
I, I, I think you I think you're absolutely uh, right. I you know, there are there are a few brands that have released with multiple flavors, but I think that that's uh, more rare. I think it's more often that people release with one to two flavors. Yeah, it's yeah. such a new product for anyone who's um, who knows cannabis and who might approach it. And perhaps just having that one within the timing of all this coming uh, could make a little bit more sense. And then you'll see how it how it goes. Uh, when's the mango coming? Because that seems <laughs> to be a big a big one with cannabis. I'm learning people are people are eating mango on top of smoking. Right, Adam? Yes, and I've 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 partaken in that uh, many times. And notice the I difference. I think it's excellent. <laughs> okay, great. That's a pretty good plug, right yeah, there. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I've tried it a few different forms: um, mango in like you know smoothies or just some fresh mango in different beverages, and then smoked. And I will say, I really think the effect is really enhanced. Interesting. Well, the other question I had was, if you were sitting with someone and they had a glass, and then they were ready to have the second glass, would you ask yourself, is this person ready for that second glass? Would would there be any uh, coaching and say, hey, you know what, I'm seasoned at this, I'm going to have a second, but I just want you to be safe. And with that said, if you go too far, is it like overeating or is it not? Because there's that panic attack uh, feeling many people have. You're sensitive to it. You've probably felt that. Absolutely. I've had some very unfortunate experiences with cannabis yeah, edibles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hence why I've created La Grandeur and single serving, single dose, right? You can open it and enjoy the whole thing. You don't have to worry about measuring anything out. If I was with somebody who we were new acquaintances, I would absolutely ask before I would serve them or open a second one, do they know their tolerance, right? Do they do they know what works for them? And you can usually tell right away whether somebody does or not because they'll say, well, I've tried edibles, but I'm not really sure. Somebody who knows what they what they enjoy will say, oh yeah, you know, two and a half to five milligrams is my sweet spot or 50 milligrams is my sweet spot, right? right. There's, a, there's a very wide range. Um, so if they don't use that terminology, I always suggest waiting. That's, that's what when, I you, when you say you suggest waiting, would you, what, what about for a, you know, a rookie, would you suggest even maybe, you know, drinking half and hanging out or, or but it really sounds like your product is designed to, hey, drink the whole thing. Yes, it is designed to be able to to open and enjoy and not have to worry about measuring anything out or thinking thinking anything further than than enjoying the product. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if you are somebody who is unbelievably sensitive to other pharmaceutical drugs that are out there or alcohol, then you should definitely start very, very low. So cutting the beverage in half to two and a half milligrams would be would be a great starting spot. Um, but even if you were highly sensitive, like myself, um, having five milligrams is not going to put you on the couch where you can't move. Um, it's not going to put you in the fetal position where you think you're going to die, right? It's a very, you may feel a little more relaxed than you really want to, but you're not going to get sick and throw up. Or you're not going to pass out. You know, you're not going to have any of these real negative experiences that, that sometimes we have when we consume too much cannabis. Right. People are aware that the people who are abusing alcohol should certainly look into researching cannabis as medicine. So I think about some of those people who are having success putting the bottle down and then seeing a non-alcoholic beverage 
um, that um, can temper the experience. So that's also kind of an interesting thing that people are uh, playing with, allowing cannabis to help them with some of their other issues. Absolutely. I mean, I think that one of the things that really motivated me to design a beverage that that may look and feel, the packaging may look and feel like the, the traditional champagne, is that my family genetically doesn't do well with alcohol. We struggle a little bit. But we're all very social beings <laughs> and we love to celebrate and we love to go to parties. And so this is a great alternative for a lot of people. Your leap of faith story is just a terrific one. And I think that there's a lot of those happening and a lot of them happening with women. Um, I'm not sure if all of the women that are getting into the cannabis space come from a, a professional world like you did in gaming. Um, but there's, they're bringing their knowledge and saying, I can run this and the stigma's lifted and I'm actually helping people. And so when you arrived with this bottle that looks like champagne but is anything but, did you have a really good reaction from friends and family? Absolutely. I should say, though, I asked them to do a lot of testing along the way, and that was... <laughs> We slowly work towards more and more yeses, this is good, and this is great, versus, well, I think you're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see video of these uh, yeah. <laughs> experiments. <laughs> We're trying to get to the one right glass, you know. Yes, yes, so definitely. I, I have another question, yes. which is, um, are you planning on just remaining in the California market, or do you have interest in other legal markets in other states? Absolutely. We would love to be multi-state within the, within the next five years. So oh, we're launching um, just, just this month. This is our, our launch into the San Francisco Bay Area. And then we'll be heading down to L.A. Um, and the whole time we'll be looking at Colorado, Washington, and Oregon. Clearly, because of the location base, it makes sense to, to start from the center and work out. Right. Great to hear. Ruby, tell us about the website and ways of reaching you, or what are your thoughts on that? So we have a website called lagrandeur.co, which mm -hmm. is L-A-G-R-A-N-D-E-U-R dot C-O. And there you can subscribe and get updates for when we're providing La Grandeur at events mm -hmm. and where we're going to be featured. You can also find where to buy our products. Although you can't buy them directly through us, we, we go through delivery services. Um, we also have an Instagram account called Viva La Grandeur, and you can follow us there and also get updates for where we're at and where we're going. So wonderful. Adam, do you have any other questions for Ruby? No, I think I got all my questions out. All right. We really appreciate Ruby La Grandeur coming on the show and talking about this sparkling infused beverage that has no alcohol in it and five milligrams of THC. And Ruby is saying, what a nice alternative for people who don't smoke cannabis to sit around and have a glass of something they know that's not going to bring them to the precipice of a problem or fear. Uh, you know, um, I, also, I did want to mention one other thing, Josh, which was that to me, even though I haven't tried the product, I have a really good, I think that Ruby conveyed what the effects are very well. It seems like it also could be a good route for somebody who is wanting to venture into trying cannabis for the first time, that it seems like that might be a very comfortable way for uh, someone new to cannabis to try it. I think that's a really good thought, is that we've got some lots of people trying the salves and, and um the different types of non-smokable ways to go. And here is something quite familiar, sitting with a friend with a sparkling glass of this interesting liquid. 
I think so. you guys hit the nail on the head. That's that's absolutely part of wanting to change the stigma with with cannabis is just removing those barriers so that um, anybody can can try and enjoy cannabis. Thank you so much, Ruby Lagrandeur. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us on the Cannabis Corner. Farmer Adam and I are so grateful that you are listening. Don't forget to join us on Insta and Twitter. And we'll see you next time on the Cannabis Corner. Mm-hmm.